There's no motorsport on TV So you're really down on your luck But Martin, Pete and Mike will talk about what they like And not really give a further thought to what the listeners think Hello, welcome to the Caution Period Podcast. I'm Mike, I'm joined by Martin and Peter. Hello. Hello. There they are. Um, and today we are talking about, well, all sorts of things. It feels like there's been a lot of news recently, but mainly the thing we're talking about is the race that we all watched this week, which was the 2000 Hockenheim Grand Prix thing. German Grand Prix from Hockenheim. Old school Hockenheim. We all had a bit of a hankering to watch an old school Hockenheim race. So that was the one. Wait, can I and correct I you on that one? Because I, I still feel like I should take full credit for picking the track and the race on after having like a weird binge on Hockenheim races a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but then you have also watched every single Formula One race now in the last few weeks. <laughs> so any going back to is going to be as well. Yeah, and I'm going <laughs> to remind you all that every, every race other than anything that has anything to do with Spain... Um, Yes, is, yeah, is, is my my idea from here on out. I'm just saying now. <laughs> um, to spoil, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, such an incredible race. It's like. a really good race. We should definitely normally we don't we don't start talking about that race until like the last ten minutes. We should definitely try and give it at least twenty minutes yeah. of chat because it was a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, how about how about news? What have you guys caught in the news recently? Um, I didn't realize there's been any news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what news are you talking about. Oh, other than, I mean, <laughs> there's there's rumors of behind closed door races. So like Austria yep. was one of them that was touted for that. So a bunch of stuff has been sort of cancelled and moved around and stuff. But the big thing, yeah, was that this week they were saying that they want to get the uh, Formula One season started in was it July? Yeah, July in Austria. In Austria. Um, behind closed doors, so no spectators, no audience. Uh, and then they want to cram the rest of it into the sort of August, September, October, November, and December, like up to Christmas, basically, um, period, which is is going to be nuts. And rather than sort of flying around the globe, they're just going to do sort of start with Europe. Then they're going to do, I don't know, uh, Asia, the Americas, and all that kind of stuff. Which, to be honest, um, makes a lot more sense than how they've been doing it for the last, like, decade, which is just <laughs> completely batch crazy when you actually look at the calendar but you know, yeah congratulations for it took you global pandemic to realize your logistics is just wrong <laughs> but i mean are they being optimistic do we do we feel this is it's optimistic? not I, I think it's just already it's already null and void like it's just not going to happen because if i think the calendar they proposed already is um not going to work because hungary has banned all gatherings of more than 500 people or something um until mm. uh, end of August, that cancels that race. Obviously, yeah, Belgium's out already. Uh, um, oh, they might move on. But anyway, yeah, like it's it's not. I thought happen. France was. If they were still thinking Paul Ricard, that one's uh, off That's the table off, too. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Fra- France has said they're banning all public sporting events until uh, September. Until a French yeah, so... driver's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Leclerc doesn't Sorry. count, unfortunately. Oh. And Gasly. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, if Grosjean's probably listening to this, I Grosjean, <laughs> I think you're great. Um, Isn't he Swiss at heart, though? Isn't he kind of he? Yeah, I thought I... <laughs> every every self-respecting French person is Swiss at heart. 
Swiss at park because he's constantly in neutral parked in the <laughs> tyre barrier. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Satire or something, probably. Um, the other uh, announcement, which the, all these announcements seem to come on the same day, but the BTCC also announced that they want to cram their entire season into sort of uh, August, what was it, August, September, October kind of yeah. period. Um, seems ambitious to me, certainly. And they're going to get um, the same outcome they would with the normal BTC season, just by holding them at Dodgem's tracks at, at, <laughs> the, local, <Yeah. laughs> at the fair. Um, the other rescheduling news that I quite liked was that they've rescheduled the Spa 24 Hours, and it's going to be Halloween weekend. It's going to be like end of October. Is it going to be like probably two hours Arctic. of light? Yeah, probably two hours of light. Uh, no dry weather whatsoever probably snow um it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be really really good but i love the idea um, the idea of having like a really nice belgian beer uh uh in, in that kind of like that bar at the top of Rouge or radion yes yeah be lovely very pleasant i might come pleasant. over for that maybe if there's if traveling's allowed maybe ask you so yes what that into my, my Des- desperate to get on a plane yeah um but yeah so that's I also That's all the kind of rescheduling. I heard things. too that the um I actually looked it up because I it, I've now moved on from Formula One onto onto IndyCar, but um but yeah the Indy five hundred at the moment is penciled in for like August twenty third, which I I do think really? that is even optimistic. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. And also, I think August in, I mean, watching some some classic indie races that's obviously mm. like late May, right? That's that's not yep. full height of the summer in the US, no. right? That's still kind of early. And it's most of the time it's, it's unbearably hot. Mm. I can't imagine it's going to be cooler in August. That's no. It's going to be a, a sweaty one. but The tyres are just going to slough off the rims, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, uh, the but, other but thing... Why are you bringing uh, slough into this, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> they should hold the race in slough. You know, what, you know where they should hold all the races for every single series... Uh, Pukekohe. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, uh, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm is, trying to remember because it's an IndyCar track, it's, right? No, no, it's a V8 supercars track. Okay. Um, in New Zealand, and apparently New Zealand is basically coronavirus-free. So what they should do is fly everyone out there, quarantine them for two weeks, and do all of the motor racing at this one club circuit in New Zealand. But they, they could do to save motors. They could do at, South at Korea as well, right? South Korea have, have managed to get out of the Have they? Yeah, I, I had Well there's that Korean Grand Prix track that yeah. got used about twice. Was was actually quite, I thought was it was it good? I can't even remember these days. I guess. It was fun to drive. The the final sector was bonkers, but it never produced good racing at all. So I kind of forgot they had a, a Korean Grand Prix, so yeah, the race is gonna be that good. But yeah, when New I Zealand is the answer. When, when I say that I, I think it was that, that I heard that they hadn't had any like homegrown cases for mm. a while now or something. So, yeah, if there's quor- if there's a quarantined fleet of Formula One teams and drivers, send them over there. Yeah, bang Why in not? some races. Um, talking of Formula One, uh, another thing that was released today was um, Formula the Formula One game's interpretation of what Zandvoort was going to look like. And it looked pretty cool, right? I don't know about you guys. I thought it looked pretty impressive. It, it it Maybe very wow. upset for not not being able Did to it? see it actually happen in yeah. real life, but I I can't believe that's been given like an FIA Grade One safety rating or whatever because it's still quite a lot old Zandvoort basically, which is great. 
Um, because they've they've not ruined it at all, really. They've slapped that giant banked corner on at the end. That's kind of in keeping with the character of the track. That's what I like about it. It's just it's his mad camber. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. all right, exactly. Um, and I I really like what they did with the runoff at turn one, which is like not just turn it into a concrete car park, but what they've got is like a straight line at the end of the straight. So if something goes horribly wrong, you go straight on and carry on on tarmac. But then the rest of it's gravel. So if you you know get it wrong at a sort of lower speed you end up in the gravel trap which is what should happen if you mess it up on a racetrack you know yeah um, I like that too it's great I think I think Hulkenberg if he's probably looking at that going oh, I wish I was still in Formula 1 so I could give that long runoff area his run for his money <laughs> <laughs> still manages to stop it the barriers at the end um, yeah so that's a shame no no Zandvoort and obviously um, the Hanoi track is on the way as well in that, in that Formula 1 game it's going to I reckon it's going to be what, when do they say it's coming out? Is it July? It's coming out. I think it's going to come out before the season starts. Realistically, yeah. yeah. If the season, so, yeah, if I, the season starts, as it is, that's got optimistic yeah. that there will be a season. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. The, the, I'm really looking forward to it. The, the funny thing about the the calendar is that they're never going to uncancel a race, right? So whatever they're talking about for prospective calendars, it's going to be less than that, isn't it? Mm. Like France yes. have cancelled. They're not going to uncancel now. Yeah, so it's they're just kind of concertinering everything until realistically the end of when the season would has to realistically mm. finish. And I, I just I still am holding a very sceptic view that we're going to get anything more than I mean we, I think we might get like three or four races, but can you really crown a champion based on that? No, not really. It doesn't there, seem fair, does do, it? Really? Do they still have to have a race on every continent? To consider or race on four con or whatever it is. Was that, to... ever, a, was that ever a rule? Yeah, because it's a, there's other yeah, championships a, that aren't. For, for it to be a world championship, yeah, it needs to have races on four separate continents. I think. Yeah, this, okay. so so there's um, I, I wonder if if there's this one like joker year, does it then not classify itself as a world championship year? Like, let's say if you did if you did eighteen races at Paul Ricard. <laughs> <laughs> like with all the teams and the drivers like you'd have a championship but would it be a world championship then would they grant it like one off world champion like I think given the circumstances I think yeah probably yeah. they might be a bit lenient the world's like, gotten yeah, a lot yeah. smaller hasn't it really for most people so yeah maybe um, it's a good question though yeah because definitely it's like um, I remember I think it was world touring cars they were going to lose their world championship status because they they their season became a sort of more of a European season when, when people started dropping out. I think the WEC so, yeah. was at risk of it at one point, wasn't it, as well? Mm, yeah. But don't... American series call themselves the World... Like, is it was the World they're, Series? They're, they're not, they're not to come an, over here. They're not an FIA. The FIA doesn't, yeah. doesn't control baseball. Is that the reason yeah. why? It's an FIA thing, yeah. It's an FIA thing, yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a bit... It's a bit strange, but... Um, but there you go. That's like you know, that felt like a reasonably substantial amount of news um, coming out within the last week or so. It does. It's it felt, does it's feel like busy. an off season, though, doesn't it? For like the the news we're getting is just off season news. Yeah, there's a lot of like retrospective articles and we well, auto sports um, stopped. No, they've stopped going weekly. They're just going to cease publication of the magazine for a few months, which yeah. I think is kind of. I know obviously there were shenanigans there with them. They were yeah. they wanted to stop the magazine for ages, but I do think it's actually. 
sort of fair enough because there's just nothing to you can't you can't run a weekly magazine well yeah and this is this is the problem with autosport isn't it it's like it's so reliant on race reports and and things like that and and sort of yeah it just seemed, it would seem like the endless off season and uh would be a bit bit redundant but um i saw um i saw andrew frankel complaining about esports and saying it wasn't even just like non-alcoholic beer he said it's like watching someone else drink non-alcoholic beer <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty damning. Um, I, I sort of, it's like, I was, maybe I shouldn't say it's my position, but I sort of agree that it's just not like after a few weeks of it, my novelty's worn off, and I just want. Yeah, yeah I'm but, not. Yeah. I'm not seeking it out like I once was. It's just. Uh... I watched. Um, I watched the uh, just because I'm a sucker for GT racing. I did watch the um, Blancpain or whatever it's called these days, the GT World Challenge one that they did um, on Sunday at Silverstone. Mainly because I thought it was brilliant that Charles Leclerc decided he was just going to do it at the last minute. And he didn't do particularly well, but he was in the field. And Jensen Button was in there as well. It was pretty, pretty neat. He's been a gem. I love, I love Leclerc. You see that photo, which was kind of like Facebook level nonsense, where someone like had that photo of James Hunt with his chest out uh, and like a, like a model drape uh, over him. Yeah, I saw this. Everyone yeah. drives in the 70s and then there's Charles Leclerc yeah. dressed in a banana outfit saying, yeah. everyone drives now. It's like... <laughs> Leclerc's way cooler. Like, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what, I don't think you're making a point you think we're going to make because Leclerc looks way cooler than James Hunt. <laughs> well, one um, thing I did, I did uh, watch the um, IndyCar race. Did either of you two watch that? No, I missed it. it was a good. So I mean, it 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 was it was interesting because it, Lando Norris had like a guest appearance in it, and oh yeah, no, and and didn't he just tonk everyone? Well, he's. I mean, he's unbelievably talented, clearly, when it comes to um, sim racing. That much yeah. is clear. And um, it was like taking, you know, when we've, I mean, we've all dabbled in iRacing enough to know what happens when someone who you'd consider an alien gets into a lobby and they just, they mm. just, you know, they're, they're always going to be two seconds quicker than you, regardless of how fast you go. It seems like they yeah. just have, have that edge. That, yeah. So I do think when you take most of our, pro racing drivers they don't hold a candle to the pro esports drivers so they're Mm. more like normal people going to do i-racing stuff like normal normal sim races so when you put someone like lando norris into a race with those it's more like putting a esports racer in there and he yeah yeah, yeah. so he just yeah he he managed that race from start to finish and dominated even span and went back to you know fifth or sixth position and worked his way back up again. He was just a you know a second or so quicker than the next fastest person consistently. Yeah. And you just like yeah, you know, obviously this doesn't mean that he's a second quicker than them in real life. We're talking about no. it specifically to do with sim racing. But what I do disagree with when you know, when we have when we hear about these people like dunking on sim racing, there are like genuine transferable skills one way one to the other. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it's yeah. not being great at sim racing does not hurt you as being a real life racer and mm. you know the same is true in the reverse but there is a learning curve to both that are independent yeah. of one another but mm. there are some things that there was a video that uh, that Lando Norris released on YouTube which was him preparing for that race it was like a little 15 minute cut of him talking to Jav which was his mm. race engineer from last year who now has moved to the um IndyCar project. Yeah, the McLaren IndyCar team. So it was kind of like a cool dynamic there going on. But like 
they they took their practice session and quali sim runs and stuff like that remarkably seriously. And you like yeah, there's, there, there's a reason why Lando Norris is that good at sim race stuff. He does he might joke around a lot and he might blame his spins on the fact that he's trying to talk to his his chat and stuff like that, but mm. his preparation is he takes it very very seriously and uh that sort of analysis of data and things like that it's not normally the sort of thing that you'd associate with being a skill that you'd do in sim racing but it's yeah amazingly transferable from sim racing to real world racing isn't it you yeah you know, whether yeah. or not you're doing you know simulation work at the factory or sim racing stuff on iRacing or doing stuff mm. at test day in real life like that analysis of feedback and and developing yourself and your setup and things like that is is a pretty crucial part that is but how how amazing to be able to offer that same level of feedback when you have fewer sort of sensations to to rely on when you're in a sim racing thing you know what i mean yeah to be able to tell when the car's unsettled just by eye or just by knowing um and be able to feed that back to your engineer and tell him what setup change you need is incredible considering that you can't feel that actually happening underneath you yeah you've got to imagine that if you if you are very adept at sim racing and you jump straight into a real world race all things being equal you'd be at a massive advantage having that Mm. depth of experience on the sim racing side because suddenly you're doing the same thing but with a ton more senses like i can't i suppose it depends whether you can process that data do you know what i mean like whether you can or whether you're just like overloaded by all the extra sort of information your brain's getting. But you know that stuff that Newgarden was talking about where he's like saying that, oh yeah, the difference between the iRacing tyres on IndyCar and, and real world ones is that you've got a lot more forgiveness with mm. I mean, paraphrasing a little bit, but there's more room for error once you break the limit of traction with the tyres. Yeah. So if you find that like you're used to doing an iRacing 95% of the time and then you get into your real car and you're doing the same thing and you get a little bit over the limit and find that you can save it like if you're Mm. used to going right up to that and not going beyond it you're not going to get massively over it and lose control you've got that extra buffer that you're used to bouncing up against i think i guess the key is that if you work if if you have to get the speed out of it by working in that that area of adhesion then Mm. you're not you're not going to get close enough to it if you're used to the sim side of it but yeah. I know, we're just justifying something that we like, so I don't know. If it's... <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't if it wasn't fun. But talking um, of like, yeah. did you not have you been watching Formula E sports stuff? That's been good. No, surely no one's been watching. It. <laughs> no, I have been watching. I've been watching it from a driving seat, which has been terrifying. I had an awful weekend last weekend, and I've I've just been doing a bit of practice on the track for this week, and it's it's a pretend test track type thing, and it's terrifying. It's really really quick lots of very very fast corners uh, a lot of very similar looking corners as well um so yeah i mean you need to after we record this we need to go back and do some more you were extremely some... unlucky in hong kong though i thought i was yeah I, we I did was. it was worth it though mike because we did get to see your knees yeah <laughs> and what what knees they were mm-hmm. um yeah it was fun to be part of the broadcast but everything sort of went wrong from there it was like i got kicked out of the server before qualifying so we didn't get to do the lap thing uh, which I think we're going to try again and do this week, um, and then uh, and then yeah, um, I, in the race I made up seven places on lap one. It's pretty <laughs> then, amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I don't gonna, know what yeah. happened there because there was a there was a big issue in front of you. You capitalised on that, and then all of a sudden, mm. you got yeah. They, 
So there were two two big potential issue corners, which is turn one and turn two. So there was a massive accident at turn one, and I avoided all that. And then there was a massive accident in turn two, and I avoided <laughs> all that. So that's why I ended up making up seven places. But then one of the faster esports types, uh, who'd been, I guess, involved in the in the turn one incident, sort of caught me up, uh, and um, and then just punted me at the hairpin, like turned turned me completely around, and we got stuck together. Um, and everyone else drove past, and then I got eliminated, and then he got eliminated. Um, next so it didn't really work out well for either of us oh, so long but, as you um, didn't call him the n-word then i think you can hold your head up no high. i didn't yeah for some reason it was just really really easy not to call him yeah that, so. a- <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but yeah i'm gonna have another crack at this esports this former esports thing it's fun the cars are fun to drive like you've driven them a bit pete they're yeah. they're really weird but like really sort of involving to drive um so yeah, I'm going to give it another go. I just want to get like a half decent result and then I'll, I think I'll feel happy that, and I'll sort of bow out and let someone else I, have a go. I honestly didn't realise they they used that elimination style race format, which I thought was kind of cool. And I think for like, I, I'm interested to know why they chose that format. And also, you know, it's, I know in real world times, you don't really want to like pretend eliminate people because you have less people mm. on the track and less sponsor viewing and stuff like that. But it's like a sprint race format for a lead up to a feature race in grid setting. Yep. I you think can that's never do when cool. someone's when someone's paying for track time and paying to be part of a package. You can never eliminate them like that. Basically, it's just yeah. yeah but I think well, I remember Martin. If you're going to do it, anything, it's before the because I think they're paying the teams to be there. So <laughs> Fair I think they used to. Now nowadays they don't have to. I think everyone wants to be involved with Formula E. I do kind um, of. I do like that 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 idea though that you're watching two battles. You know, mm. you've, you're not just watching the guy sprinting away at the front. You're watching battles theory, all the way gives, through the field. It gives the lesser teams a bit more TV time if you if you show the battle for elimination every lap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If there's a battle going on to, to avoid being eliminated, then then it means the battles at the back get a bit of coverage. But yeah, I, it doesn't work well for me because I'm not one of the faster guys. But um, I think it's it's entertaining to watch, certainly. So. What if, I can see what going doing. back to our brilliant ideas on how we can change motorsports, um, mm. rather than eliminating people, everyone starts with a race-winning amount of points, and as the race goes on, the, you, lose the, you start losing points the further down the grid you are. <laughs> it's fine. I'm yep. sure, again, there's a bunch of FIA people that have tuned into this, and they're like, that of course, Peter yeah. Thicket, he knows where it's at. Let's call him up, get him involved with our rule-changing... I can do anything. Technical, sporting, whatever. <laughs> yeah, could romantic. Think, could everyone just feasibly run out of points? Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. If they all decide to run, take turns running at the back. For, uh, maybe, yeah, I mean, so Martin, it's a work in progress, right? I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I think to lose all your points, you'd have to be, like, below top 10 for, like, the entire race. That's So you right. kind of tune it. So if you ran in ninth place for the entire race you'd get basically one or two points okay but podcast can't see martin's face right now he is not he's (laughs) not enjoying this (laughs) i just it sounds like you're proposing like a weird stock exchange of places or something where like everyone just i don't know it doesn't it doesn't quite oh that's i haven't even started talking about that you can buy turnips at pit stops (laughs) (laughs) every lap they change value every (laughs) every different pit garage has a different value and then then Fuel prices vary by lap, and you have to get you refilled. Wouldn't work with Formula E, but um, 
based upon how many turnips you can sell. <laughs> okay. This is the correlated. Do you know the really sad story of Mabel and Abel in the in the car in the um in the the tailor shop in Animal Crossing? No, no. I don't. So to make it's, it's a spoiler if you're if you're playing at the moment you should probably find out for yourself but also that's no good for a podcast. Um, so if you speak to her every day um, after about like seven days she tells you her backstory and her backstory is her parents died in a car crash. What? And don't oh, no. <laughs> it's quite for Animal Crossing. It's quite uh, serious. Anyway, but, that's so mildly so her, correlated. Her parents <laughs> died in a, in a car accident and we don't get cars on Animal Crossing. That's probably why. That's why they're banned, yeah. Yeah, exactly, oh, it's wow. fair enough. Can't bear to look at them. Um, shall we Shall we play a little game? Sure. The, uh, we, it's not, it's not a game grid on Stadia. Then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't talk about grid <laughs> wait, on Stadia. Wait. So, wait, before you dunk on grid on Stadia, it did work, which is not that yeah. it can be said for Race Room. <laughs> so let's just quickly explain this. There's, there's a, there's, we still don't a, understand what happened. <laughs> Is basically the, the yeah. Long short so we we um we joined in on there's a podcast called Time Extend, which is like a retro racing game podcast, and because everyone can download Stadia, Google's game streaming thing for free at the moment, and gets Grid to play for free as part of it, um, they organised a forty person multiplayer race, which is like exclusive to the Stadia version of Grid, and Pete and I signed up because we thought it'd be a laugh, um, and it was a laugh. Uh, it's weird though. It's not really a race. It's like a big time trial with 40 cars on the road. So it, it wasn't, we were never really sure what position we were in and what class we were in and things like that. But um, but it was kind of fun just like smashing around with um, 40 other cars. And what I didn't realise until after the fact was that you could actually, there were mechanical retirements and stuff if you slammed your car into the wall too much. So there were a bunch of people got just retired out of the Which race. Which eliminates Mike's main tactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um there were a lot of fun. there were a lot of prototypes knocking about with like no bodywork left on, which I thought was pretty. Yeah, funny. no engine cowling, no nose, which I think should be were... a rule in all endurance racing from here on out because <laughs> prototypes without bodywork do look incredibly good. It's amazing, yeah. There's some amazing uh, uh, no bodywork nudity in the uh, race we saw this week as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah, plenty, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was that was fun, like. Grid on Stadia works fine. Like it's okay as long as you've got a half decent connection. It's like it's totally playable, and it's got this extra forty car mode, which is fun and nice. I don't, I don't good. understand though. And this is this is going to make me almost as this. This isn't going to make me race room angry. This is going to make me just shy of that. But right, why is it that the same? If you create a forty car single player endurance race with the same car classes, does it? figure that out and you do it with yeah it works it out as a proper race people and they're like let's just have like a dice roll for positions every line yeah it doesn't make any sense i i mean we're trying to come up with some reason for or some idea for how the the race actually works but between you and me mike i have no idea what it makes more sense in your decreasing points idea i think it makes yeah. much sense yeah i think actually my my in defense of my turnip priced <laughs> point system um the this as far as we could guess this was based on if you're on the same lap if you've done the same amount of laps as the leader of your of the race Class. oh the race then you will get a position based upon your fastest lap up to that point 
Yeah, something like that. It definitely seemed to be fastest lap was the key factor rather than road position or even number of laps, really. I don't know. And it was a bit like a TT, you know, like a tourist trophy, like a bike Isle of Man TT type thing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You're on the road at the same time, but you're just trying to set the fastest lap. But this would work if if you do like a really long endurance race, because the idea being that if you're genuinely faster than someone else, you'd, you'd get lap, you know, laps ahead of them or at least set a time faster than it. Instead, it's more yeah, like... it would shuffle out. It, it's like we weren't... It was a 30-minute race, so we weren't really lapped by anybody or lapping anybody else in our car class. So it's really just down to no. like who who's hot lapped the best yeah. at any one time. Mm. Um, or who hasn't been taken out by a fast prototype coming through the pack. They really weren't getting out, you know, they weren't really overtaking. They were just plowing. Yeah, and I, I didn't have any mirrors, so I didn't know <laughs> anything was coming up behind me. So, yeah, it was... Uh, but I do think, so though, was... it's it, like, I am... I keep telling people that, you know, that I play video games with and I've talked to you guys about it before. Like, I know that I might end up being wrong on this one, but <laughs> Google Stadia is is the future guys it's, yeah <laughs> this is worse than your uh, decreasing points idea <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy it I've, lo- I've lost all credibility so <laughs> I might as well throw it in there but I do think there's right now at least it's free you get grid for free along with a bunch yep. of other stuff you, no one's got anything better to do so <laughs> you might as well give it a crack if you've got if you've got a gmail account like it's yeah, throw those guys a bone <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just they show need, up. They'll, they'll appreciate they're pre- it. They're pretty bit short of cash. Google, <laughs> <laughs> but I do um, think it's. I mean, I, you know, is a wherever it goes in the future as a platform. I, th- I do think it's. You know, while it's free and everyone's just knocking about on their Todd, yeah. you might as well might as well have a game. Yeah, it's worth a look. Two months free at the moment. You just go go to Stadia or whatever and sign up. It's good. Uh, let's play this. Let's play this little game that yeah, we so, were talking about. Yeah, we just. I love we the just fact made... games are just invented. Like this one. Yeah, literally. All 30... games are invented. Martin, all games are invented. Whoa. Thirty seconds before we got onto <laughs> this, got onto this, uh, this meeting, we uh, we figured it out. So, um, Mike, you got to help me out with what we decided. <laughs> it's tracks. So we decided. It's basically it's tracks. tracks, circuits like Formula One circuits. Yeah. It's kiss, marry, kill. And resurrect. It doesn't have so, to be resurrect, like, though. It could be something that was never on the calendar. Yeah. Right? So basically, yeah. are we saying that if you like what to for Formula One to maintain its identity, yeah. like what do you have to keep? What's your non-negotiable track that you have to go to every year? And then what would you get rid of right away yeah. and never race that again? And what could you you know do away without you know having like one or two more races at? But basically, you're second to the the non-negotiable so, and then what let, let, let's say that marry the marry one is it's on the calendar forever yeah it never leaves uh the kiss one is that it's on the calendar for at least the next 20 years or, or it's a, or it's a non-championship race <laughs> <laughs> and and then the um kill is obviously removing it and then the resurrect is just reintroducing a track or introducing any kind of track from across motorsport that you'd like to see a formula one race on uh, so let's start with Martin. So, well, the obvious Mary one's just too obvious. Like, in, in the same way... That is we, it, though? Yeah, in the same way that we call Indy IndyCar. 
Yeah, it's because like you could call that one just Monaco because it is that's what that is the, uh, that's just the one thing which is key. I don't think it's even it doesn't make for the best races and all that, but just everything it stands for for the opulence, yeah. for the madness of it, and just yeah, for, it's the ultimate batshit. Yeah, um, yeah, and so and that is F one. It's just it doesn't make any sense, but it looks amazing. I, I, I every I, now I and thought... then it's crazy drama. I thought quite a bit about like, come on, there must be an alternative, but I came to the same realization. Like, I, I could, I could give up every other race on the calendar, even one in Britain. Yeah, yeah. If if it means I get to watch a boring parade around Monaco, just <laughs> knowing that, like, back in the day, they they've raced at basically the same track. In... Everyone's been bored watching the Monaco race. So people have been bored watching yeah. the race for, like for, since nineteen twenty nine. But, but you could you could fix Monaco by making the cars more exciting, probably, like a bit more slippy, slidey, and having like a decreasing point scale. <laughs> no, no, never. But no, like I, I forty think... them on the on the, on the track at once. Give some of them some input lag, and then see what goes on. It'd be, it'd be so, but I think that, I mean some of the other ones that I I did think about. I mean, obviously, any ones that I even considered all had. Um, a lot of heritage to them, right? So, yeah. so that that was was my category. Nothing came close to Monaco, but yeah, there's like your Spas, Monza, Silverstone. Yeah. So the yeah. thing is, Silverstone's got obviously the most heritage because it had the, actually the first Grand Prix. But all that heritage yeah. is still boring. As shit, so well, it doesn't really and, and also, as far as I'm concerned, we're not racing at Silverstone anymore. Like the last changes they made to it, I'm not. A, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's, but like, it's, yeah, it's just it's a it's a, a track on where where Silverstone used to be. And and every time mm. I've looked at a previous version of Silverstone, I've like I've liked it more than what we've had in the part in the in the generations to follow. You know, it's like it's yeah it's, that brings us to to what's yeah of the, the oh this is all tiny lovely lovely to uh, the race we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, it does. Mm. Yeah, um, it certainly is. Yeah. So um, Spa Spa's an interesting one though. Could we could we lose Spa? No. I think well, that would be my got... that would be my next one, and I have a lot of like you know emotional attachment to Spa because it's you know one of the tracks I've been to, and I just think it's mm. got a lot of character. It hasn't it's been incredible. ruined by by updates. Well, it's, no, it's very different to the old track though. I think it is. It's it's like the Spa now. It's not quite as like um, outrageous as the um, Nordschleife and Nurburgring, but like it's only like a small part of the actual track. And it's only mm. like in the was it in the eighties um, that they went back there, and we, we, it's been it's been off the calendar that um, wasn't yeah, that long ago, was true. it? It was off the calendar for you, yeah. But mm, do you, do you true. think Martin that like yeah, let's say what the Nurburgring is to the Nordschleifer? I mean, that's not that doesn't really mimic at all what the Nordschleifer is. is yeah, it? yeah, it's yeah like, right. It's, it's just like, quite... it's like a little wart on his bum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I get the feeling that I, I'm not that familiar with what original spa was like but what we're left with as the spa gp circuit feels to it's, me like a mini version of what that longer track was probably like but with a lot of safety stuff on it well the, the master kink is like the if you've i think it's grand, yeah. grand prix legends is one of the master kink and it's one of the most terrifying corners i've only ever done yeah, it in the sim and it's just like you scream every time yeah. i think that's that's the key thing the, the rest of spa like the old circuit was just extremely fast roads between like a tri a sort of triangle of villages as far as i remember so like the bit that we've got is definitely the interesting bit of spa like it was the interesting bit of that circuit yeah. apart from the master kink which obviously was part of this insanely fast road out to the next uh 
out to Stavolo or wherever it was, or not Stavolo, one of the other villages. Sounds about right. But but you know, it's um, it's a difficult one to lose. I, I think it was bad when we lost it, and the drivers were all in the uproar, weren't they? But we get other good races at Spa. We get Weck, and we get and we get good weather the there, which te- tends to throw up a, some good yeah. I'd put Suka Ford as well as like one of the ones I'd want for the okay. next 20 years because it's just F1 so this, is your, this is your KISS one this is yeah. your definitely one it protected yeah, yeah and I, do you, would anyone go for Monza? Mike? I saw, Monza's the first Grand Prix I ever went to and it is magical and it's incredible um, but I think I don't think it produces great racing anymore really I, I think Monza races don't tend to be that exciting because it's not really what the formula's built for. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, slipstream and dirty air and stuff like that, it just doesn't... You don't get those slipstreaming battles that you used to get at Monza, which made it so incredible. Baku? Um, <laughs> yeah, well done, Baku. Um, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, would you would you, would you you consider keep having Baku as your kiss? I totally would, actually. Yeah, Baku's, Baku's incredible. It's, it's weird, actually. I don't know if it's just... It's the always chaos, is. though, isn't it? Remember it's how a good race. the first it's race was chaos. terrible. The first race was a complete yeah, dud. it was. And it was like, I can't believe it. And then, through weird circumstances and everything, we've... Um, the, the last three races or something have been absolutely nuts there. I don't know if they're anomalies or something. No, but it's just the way the track is. It's nuts. It's, it's, got, it's yeah. getting close to the batshittery token that, that Monaco gets in yeah, terms exactly, of, like, it yeah. shouldn't really be a race. And... I do like the character it provides, like the castle section. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I love mm. it. Like it's... But then I would rather have Melbourne than Baku, I think. I think Melbourne's always a really good race. And I know it's the first race of the season, they're all a bit rusty and they all drive into each other. But it also just like, it's never the same order that you get for the rest of the season. Isn't that because that's... it's the first race of the season, though? I think there's a lot of. I don't know. There are some. Because a lot of people are still trying to like, like Williams haven't even got a floor attached to their car <laughs> like, I think yeah, I think there's George Russell's just pedaling it like a Flintstones yeah. car but there's, there's a, I think there's a reason why there's it's not just down to the track but I think the track's got a big um, yeah, big factor in that I, I, it's I, a I, cool circuit that left right chicane that really fast one is incredible no, I, I, cool I like I like Australia as well I mean I, I also like the Australia uh, the Austria ring the A1 ring mm. I, and I like um, the Australia ring but that's another one which <laughs> cut that out Mike the old Australia <laughs> ring I said that did a terrible accent there and also said it completely wrong ring. yeah was like that was um, I never saw a race there or anything but that's supposed to be incredible when you see I've never it's great yeah. But yeah it's absolutely crazy compared to the A1 so, ring Red Bull, it, Red Bull it, ring sorry <laughs> the Austria, um, Austria it's only been the Red Bull ring for the last decade, Martin. Um, the Monster um, Arena. I hope they should they should, <laughs> they should call Silverstone the Monster Arena. I mean, I'd get back into it. Would you though? Um, <laughs> yeah, just make it but totally. The, the gross. Austria ring was just was a few extra corners, handful of extra corners, but they were quite cool, like sweeping fast corners at the back, and then it rejoins at turn uh, two. But you would lose turn one, and you would lose that really sharp right-hander that is turn two if you had the old it's like because you went you were there last year when you um when you yeah. cursed Pierre Gasly um do you, yeah. did you um team is the old track still there I I sort of I wandered around trying to have a look but it's not really there anymore it's sort of a fan zone so that's where the kind of f1 fan zone is yeah. where the old because you know it goes up the hill and the current track turns right at t1 
the old Ostrike ring went over that hill and over that crest and then down into these sort of sweepers and stuff. So it's it's basically not there. But I, I thought I heard rumours a while ago that they were looking at rebuilding the old circuit, but I can't remember what. Or extending, that. yeah, maybe extending the first yeah. corner or something. Um, good old T1. I love, it, I love it when Cook, like, when you go from having corners of really good names to, ah, uh, yeah. T3. What are that evocative T3? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I do that. I find it quite funny how, like, Suzuka has that, um, you know, a 130R, and you're like, mm, sounds like nothing. um, we we have some other ones we have to think about though Canada I think I'd pick Canada over Australia Canada's because Canada generally speaking Canada has phenomenal races yeah it's true I don't know what it is but I I mean if we just pick some of these that we wouldn't have like I I wouldn't go for I mean Bahrain has had some good races yeah but it's still yeah but it's had some suffers as well hasn't it yeah China I wouldn't I wouldn't pick China yeah um, I mean, before we get into the kill, I mean, I'm just trying to pick some other ones that have had good races. I mean, so we were saying we wouldn't pick Britain. Um, no. What about the Nür- Nürburgring GP if it was in Brands the Hatch. New Hockenheim? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, what about, what about Sing- Sing- Singapore? Singapore. No, the racing's terrible there, generally. It's like, Sochi? It... No, no, God, no. Sochi's no, so, yeah, so, so boring, yeah. Mexico? No, the new, tracks, the new track's not, the new track's terrible. Okay, it's, this... it's not terrible, but I will say this: the Formula E races at, at Mexico oh, yeah, they're great. are always better than the Grand Prix. They're amazing. Yeah, they are. So, good. so Kota. What about Kota? I don't. People, I love, love, people, people love it. People go love it. But I think that's just because it's nice to have a, a track. I think it's somewhere a, civilized and not like yeah. I think it's nice a good bars. driver's track too. I've never really been blown mm. away by the racing there. And then but it's just a more about... bland. Don't it's just I don't like, like every corner is just nicked from somewhere else, and so it's like yeah, a weird hodgepodge. And it I has don't... that kaleidoscopery effect of looking out on TV like a Paul Ricard. That you know, yeah, it's just too, too much paint. Abu Dhabi, you no. All right, here's here's the last difficult one. Interlagos. Okay. Yes, keep keep keep. I love Interlagos. It's wonderful. But we have All to right. pick one <laughs> oh. out of out of those good ones. So we've got like Australia, Baku, um, Canada. Canada. With I didn't even mention Paul Ricard. I don't know what else is going to be there. <laughs> Austria, um, Belgium, Monza, and Interlagos. And of all Suzuka. of those, I'd, I'd still keep Spa. I think Spa is just such a cool circuit, and the races are normally pretty good. Would you agree with what that? About you, Martin? I don't know. I think Spa I've got attachment to because I've been there a few times and we've had some amazing times there. Uh, and it's just as a spectacle, the place is wonderful. And as a driver circuit, it's great. It does check but all the boxes. But I don't think it produces the best races necessarily. Go on then, what is it? What which one? Interlagos. Are you gonna go into Lagos? Oh, just because it's another weird anomaly. Like I just love the fact that it's just doesn't it run? But don't you think that what you said about Melbourne being the first race? Do you not think that applies to Interlagos being usually where like championships are decided and stuff? That's only I recently though. I remember it used to be the stuff. second race of a season. I still loved it then as well. Yeah, I, just... I loved it then because it was always the race I would do on the game before I decided to change teams. <laughs> <laughs> right. You get through the first two. Yeah. Um, it did have that bonkers race in two thousand and three. Was it? There's that been a lot of good bonkers races. Crazy wet race. Yeah. I mean, we're, this is a difficult... It is a really difficult decision, this one, because I I personally love all the ones we've mentioned. I could get rid of Austria, to be fair. I mean, I do like that one. I, I Baku, I don't think he's had enough time to tell us what 
whether it's a good race or not. It's yeah. had some good races, but it could it could do like ten years of really boring ones. Mm. Australia, I mean, they're how if you take out the novelty factor, I think can we really say it's the best race of the year? And would you not prefer it to be at Adelaide? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, no, no, there you yeah. go. Get that off there. Um, <laughs> Ca- I think it's between Canada, Interlagos, Suzuka, and Spa. I'm having, I'm having Spa. I'm sorry, I just can't get rid of Spa. I love it. I was so sad when it got dumped off the calendar. And I, that's speaking as someone who loves Monza as well. So I mean, I, I, I have to say, I think I would agree with Mike. It's a really difficult one. But Out between those, I... Spa's got the most heritage, and Eau Rouge can never, uh, Radion, uh, can never be. Yeah. If they touch Eau Rouge and Radion, then we're out, right? Yeah, we're gone. we are, yeah. So yeah. it's contingent upon that. So which track are we going to kill then? Spain. It's, yeah, Spain. That's it. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Let's talk about the race. Solved it, yeah. <laughs> even even Paul Rickard has produced better races than, than Catalonia. What is it about oh, I, don't, I don't actually know. That's still, like, Paul Rickard and his broad inclination is that they, they are the two of the worst races I've ever seen. Uh, at least Spain has like weird anomalies every now and then, like Maldonado winning or Rosberg. Um, like but Maldonado winning Hamilton wasn't a good race. Maldonado winning was a boring race with a random result. Well, the, the fire in the pit lane after yeah, was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, there's. Um, I think the difference about Paul Ricard is for me one because I'm massively biased and I'd like to mm. keep Paul Ricard on the calendar. But secondly. I, there's only been a couple of races back there since you know, it, since it was off the calendar for a long time. Doesn't matter so what it, we do though. That's just it. It is bland as. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't know, Mike. Maybe right now with all this downtime, they've got rid of all that stupid tarmac. They put proper gravel down. They've made it. They've made it an actual track. They, <laughs> but I don't know. It's it. I know it. I I I was never really like you pete, know, conscious pete, enough. Pete, pete, pete. It's rubbish. <laughs> the problem is that there's photos of me and Pete at Paul Rickard when we were like six years old or something like that. Six or seven years old. Oh, yeah. Like, I've got we, a picture of me in like some, I don't know whose who's McLaren it was. Part yeah. It, like, yeah. We've got, we're both quite biased because we used to go and visit Paul Rickard as kids, basically, um, on holiday. So it's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not having Paul Ricard go away. And like Pete says, I was going to say it if Pete hadn't said it, but we've only had a couple of races there since. And I still think there's potential for it to produce some good racing. Like, wasn't Ricardo um, uh, in the final laps of the last Paul Ricard race pretty exciting? Um, but then he got a penalty, didn't he? And he got his overtake taken away from him or something. Who, who, whose, car, whose car is that that I'm sitting in? Uh, that is uh, Senna's, but I think that's a show car, which I've also sat in. So it's actually Burger's car they put the Senna number on. Because I, I, they, they had that in my... I've, I've got a picture of me sitting in that exact car because they brought it to my car track in Acton. Um, who, who, whose car am I posing in front of there? This isn't good pod podcast. Uh, that's Prost because it says Prost on the side. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good game. I, I, love that, <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that you have these photos to hand as well. Like You just whip those up on your phone like a matter of seconds and you, they were up there. Oh, I have anyway. a folder of things I need Martin to check on for me. Right, I see. Is it, are any of them medical? <laughs> well, most of them. Does most this look weird to you? Yeah, dude, you should only have two of those. That third one needs to get looked at or removed <laughs> as, as, as quick as possible. All right, well, we've, we've, solved the, we've solved the kiss, marry, kill bit. What about the resurrection bit? 
what what or or the reintroduction or the whatever you want really what whatever track you what track would you add to the formula one calendar I this see. is going to be interesting and diverse well so i would say brands that's really boring if i say brands and also it's terrible for f1 um i'd go like istanbul that was yeah. a good race yeah good track yeah i i you know what i i think it's because i'm located in the u.s and I get to see a lot of like IMSA races and IndyCar races on other tracks. But like, I do think we should throw out some other ones for discussion. Like, I do think Watkins Glen would be a cool Watkins race to Glen go back to. Um, but like the old, the old layouts are not, you know, the one that goes left. Yeah, the, the it'd have the boot. Yeah, the, yeah, the boot. Yeah. So, um, so that one, I think, um, uh, Sebring was. Would... <laughs> <laughs> have to do something about the bumps which i think would yeah. ruin the whole thing, so maybe, not, the whole thing. maybe not a sebring um i do think um i would long beach i was thinking yeah. after like it would i don't think it would make make that good a race but also respect it just looked beautiful so yeah where where it would make good races road atlanta i think would be an absolutely phenomenal race that is like proper uppy downy stuff yeah, that it's that, like Cad- um, it's like Cadwell Park. That's like saying everyone should go to Cadwell yeah, Park. It's, it's like it's. Just, do you think like it would be a little too tight? Would it be like yeah, basically definitely. just yeah? No, if you could run a sports car race on it, which they do every year at Petit Le Mans. Yeah, here's got... one though. What about the Phoenix Street Race? That was a sh- terrible track. It was just right angles. Yeah, but it was it produced some good races. There was well, there was, famously there was a story that the um because drivers complained about it a lot and the, the races like fantastically unpopular and there was a a turkey festival no e- an emu race that had a bigger crowd than the uh, Grand Prix <laughs> in 1990 wow. that's amazing apparently this, was it the one where the surface was coming up as well is that right there was one of the Phoenix, was it the phoenix race where um this i think the the road surface was just breaking apart and coming apart Perhaps I remember. Obviously, that happened at Spa. I don't. I can't remember that happened at Phoenix. Mm. But yeah, I think, I think it was. I think it was Phoenix. Everyone hated um, it. That was happening. Yeah. But apparently, what about Caesar? What about Caesar's Palace? That was good <laughs> yeah, it could be any. It, it's, uh, they could just make up the track layout the any, morning any of the race. Part, yeah. So, yeah. Like, randomizer. I have. I have three. Three other choices for you guys to think about. So Go on, we've got okay. the Daytona twenty-four hour layout. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It. Would be absolutely phenomenal. That would be a banging um, race. Enna Pagusa. Yes. <laughs> would be hilarious. Deep cut. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my last one, Macau. Ooh. No, I don't think they just... fit around Macau. It doesn't matter about whether they can feasibly fit. I just think if we could make it work, would it be a would would it become a regular addition to the it doesn't even have to be a good race. Everyone would die or I would die or just not be able to get around that hairpin. So yeah. no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do love Macau. I think Macau's amazing. Um, okay, so will we basically just resurrect the old Hockenheim, which would be a really good segue to... Mm. Uh, yeah, we could. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'd like to I see. do think the Daytona 24-hour layout, road course layout, would be Great a for pretty example. fun race to see with Formula 1 cars. In terms of like seeing them on the banking like proper would like be... Flat out. Yeah. And, and like... Seeing him dive into turn one would feel a little bit like Rockingham. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just resurrect Rockingham? Oh, actually, I I've only been to Rockingham once, and it was a it was a fantastic experience. It was no, wait. For some quality racing. Yeah. I, I loved more? it. I thought it was incredible. <laughs> it's a great circuit. Thruxton, Thruxton in F one cars. What about um? So 
Castle Kane. I quite be, like yeah. this. This is gonna be. You're gonna hate me for this, but I quite like the Valencia circuit. I really. Like, I feel like that circuit. didn't. Yeah, that Mike, didn't get a. Mike. Yeah, Mike, I didn't Mike. think they got I'm a fair Alonso, shot. I'm an Alonso fan, and he had one of his greatest wins there, and I still yeah. think it's a sack of shit. Mine. How do we get Mike? How do we get Mike off this off this call? <laughs> <laughs> and he kicked me off. Um, but it's it too dreadful. it's too close to Catalonia. <laughs> the the Indian circuit was like decent as well. Like, yeah, I've been cause I've been to the Valencia, the Valencia track, the, the proper Valencia track. I've been there for the MotoGP for the motorbikes. Times, yeah. And that's where it's, it's not an amazing place. It's very small, which just means it's great. It's fun for fun for touring cars. We used to we used to race it on the the Race 07 touring cars game. We used to race Valencia. It's a good laugh. Yeah, in cars that size. But the atmosphere. No one's no one's saying the Nordschleife then, presumably. No, because I don't want I, people to die. Imola. Imola. Oh, Imola. Yes. Actually, and even like because we were talking about this the other day, uh, and I think. Even with the new to Tamborella, because I think I I don't have any. No one's got any passion for Tamborella, obviously, for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, but it's not even that great a corner. I think it's in its configuration when they put the chicane there. It's actually quite. It's not that bad. It's fine. Yeah, like, Imola as it is, is is great. Imola's got that great section where you come downhill, like plunge downhill in a left hander. Then you've got like a right hander, and then another right hander uphill. And then a left-hander, and then you get up to the Aqua Minerale chicane, and that whole section is, that is toast? just is it toast? incredible. Like toast, uh, um... toast is the left-hander, which is um, yeah. Toast like is the hairpin. Is yeah, it? Like oh, the hairpin. God, I'm terrible. At yes, this. I don't know why. I was watching like one of the old Imola races on um, on the F1 app, and why do I know the track? Why do I know the corner names? <laughs> like, what? What point did I learn that? Like, because it's more, yeah, they're more evocative in T1 and T2. I don't know. Like, yeah. like, like Rivazza and Varianti Bassa. Like, why because, did these <laughs> things in my head? Like, why? Varianti Bassa. Because that's a beautiful, like, once you've got an Aqua Minerale. What is, I love what Aqua Minerale. What, what does it even mean? It means, what, water, water? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, even min- know. Mineral water. It's just what you say when you're really, really thirsty in the Pizza Express. Aqua Minerale. Per favore. I just it was weird. I was like they were doing like a lap guide thing, and like Murray was like talking over each corner. I'm like, what? for a track that I've never really seen a race at, and maybe used on like sim races like very infrequently. Why? Why are these things stuck in my head? Like that is, they are the best it... things for corners. Because like, Monza's got nothing. Like Lesmos, I used to find funny because I work because I was a Lesmos. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scary Chicane. Yeah, but it's not. That's not a very good name. That's just like Curva Grande. Which yeah, because <laughs> like, Hockenheim, which we'll get to in a second. Maybe at some Parabolica. Point. Parabolica. <laughs> yeah, what the? Fuck that's just right? corner. Um, <laughs> but like, I find it really just like Hockenheim's got a Clark curve, which I presume is where Clark died, and it's like that's not. <laughs> Cool. Imagine Tambrella being called Seneca. It's like, come on, that's not. Yeah, a... it's not what you want them to remember. I think my for. my favorite corner names are the Suzuka Degners. I don't know why the Degna, Degna one, Degna two. I like the I love those corners as well. They're my favorite. Them the Degners are my favorite corners. Uh, massive attack, Suzuka. full send, Degna yeah, one. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, but Just I do think send it. I do think Spa gets another. I should get a call out for good corner names. Yeah, like Puon. There's a corner which I didn't know about. Uh, like, there's that oh. no name corner. Yeah, speakers corner. Or yeah, speakers corner. That's it. Speakers corner. I'd never heard of. I, I know where it is. Yeah, but I'd never. I'd, it's one of those corners you never hear the name of, really. But where, yeah. which I one's Blanchimon? That it's one's the big fast left hander at the back. Okay, yeah, the one that's like, like, should be like, full, 
just about full chap. You can expect yeah. from the apex of it. And like, well, we went there at like, at like 7, 8 in the morning at the Spa 24 and you're seeing all the vortices coming up the rear wing. Yeah, that was Beautiful. incredible. So good. Can, can um, we do the can we do the entire spa lap? So you got La Source. Yeah. Yeah. Au Rouge, Radio, Radio, Kemmel Straight. Chemist. Yeah, Kemmel Straight and then what's at the end of Kemmel Straight? Lake Is it Lake Coombe? Oh, yeah. The left the right it? left is um Oh it's again once again Lake Coombe's further into it. Oh, oh here he failed. goes. Here he goes. I'm looking up, so you I'm gonna test you, right? So you've got you've got the first part of the lap right. Uh, okay. So camel, camel straight. Yeah, Lacombe, you were right. The next one, come on, you get this. Begins with an M. Malbody. Yeah, that's Malbody. Yeah. Then you go downhill to the long right, the long. Uh, that speaker's open. corner, no name corner, whatever. No, it's, it's not. Called. It's before. The, it's the right hander before that, and it sounds like a town. Oh, in the right hand. The right hander. Stavlow. Yeah. No, Stavlow is so long, isn't it? Stavlow, Stavlow. Yeah. Uh, it's um. Oh, the right hand. The right hand. Capital of Belgium. But in another language. <laughs> Bruxelles? Yeah, Bruxelles, yeah. Is it? Yeah, and then okay. there's no name left-hander. And then actually yeah. the one I was thinking, that the one I thought was Blanchimon. Was, That's is, Puon. It, no. No, Puon's very wrong. Puon's like the... Puon, Puon, I think Puon used to be one of the best corners on track, but now it's because it's just got that... Um, there's no... It's just all runoff area. It's nonsense. Yeah. Uh, Kimi this, went round this, on this the outside lap, and went this fast. This is wrong then. Hold on. Actually, no, that was wrong. Okay, try it. We'll try again. After Malmody, it's actually Rivage. That's yeah. Yeah, not right. Bruxelles. That's wrong. Sorry, that was whatever link that is. I'll send them an angry letter. Okay. Um, so there. Then after No Name Corner, then it's Puon. Yeah. And then it's something that sounds like it's a rude word for um, a lady's genitalia, but it's right left that chicane. They found you. Oh my god. Oh. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, after that, there doesn't seem to be a name on the right hand that's after Leifan. <laughs> but it's Stavolo, Blanchimon and the bus stop. So yeah. we're, about, we're pretty much there. We did well. We did well. We did pretty badly, right. I think. Oh, we, we, okay. we, we will just be coming back from Spa on Monday. I know, yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to be at Spa for the right. We'll get back there. We need Maybe to talk we'll about our race. Now. Because yeah, we've we did, already we been talking for way too long about if we're going to talk about twenty minutes about this race, we're going to be here until until you're going to the spa in October. Yeah. <laughs> right, Hockenheim two thousand, very good race. I think we can agree. Uh, the main notable thing uh, is that there was a track invader chap. Right? Wait, uh, wait, wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Are we? Are we though? Because the, the, race start, the race started. The race started. Schumacher. German Binned races in Germany. Yeah. Whose fault was it? Schumacher's. Are we all on agreement on that? Yeah, definitely. He was. A, he it was, was pretty a... funny that he was angry about it. He just basically cut across Fizzy Keller's nose. Yeah, and was Fizzy Keller's stamped on the brakes. Yeah. Like, like, it was Schumacher's racecraft was <laughs> atrocious. A lot of the time at that, I just I don't. That's why I, I never buy him. I love how much the like, he was just terrible. I saw a clip the other day of him straight... of him hitting Villeneuve in '97. And you're like, who, who in their right mind thought that was on? <laughs> um, but the, uh, I love how they were building up the kind of needle between him and David Coulthard. Because when they interviewed him, they're like, uh, do you think it was David Coulthard's fault that you crashed into Fisichella? And he's like, no, it was, no, I think it was Fisichella. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this was like, this, was, like... this is peak hatred between them. When, because when, what year was it when Coulthard flipped the bird at him when he was overtaking the hairpin at Madney Core? 
Oh, that was uh, oh, two thousand one. Where he didn't do, he didn't flip the bird. Didn't he do the the wanker? Song? No, it was the middle finger. In the middle finger, maybe the wanker sign. As it well. might have been both. Actually, yeah. it might have actually been both. I think he crammed he both. A, in he did there, a wanker completely. sign in two thousand and one. Like, maybe it's, maybe it's wanker sign two thousand one, and then flipping the bird two thousands. Yeah. Um. And then, but yeah. <laughs> what about what about hacking and start? Hacking and start was incredible. I have to say, I, I just I know I was saying to you guys on on chat about this, but these cars just even off the line they looked out of control. But like, hacking like... so, hackin and start was not incredible. It was cool start start was terrible. Um, so I'm like like this this race I, 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 won't, I won't get too far ahead of ourselves, but this um, this race was quite special to me because of I was a big fan of some of the main protagonists of it. Um, obviously Jensen is like a big Jensen button race he does wear get to that mm. at some point he does really well on it um, and I used to watch I went to pretty much every race in the Formula 3 season where David Coulthard and Barrett Kelly used to go head to head with each other and then um, and Coulthard was always terrible at starts and then I think the last race of the season it was uh, they were like close on points that went down to the wire and then Coulthard stalled on the line and then completely threw the championship weight <laughs> and he's always really bad at starts he did the same like it wasn't a good Hakkinen start. It was Coulthard being shite. But Hakkinen seemed to... I mean, they interviewed Hakkinen afterwards and they were like, your start was amazing. He was like, yeah, I don't really know where it came from. Like, somehow, sometimes it's just... Sometimes it all just hooks up and I, you know, don't think I could do it again if you if you asked me to. So I think it was a good Hakkinen start. You look at the distance he got on everyone, including Schumacher and, and everyone else. But, um, but yeah. Fisichella got taken out by Schumacher. Definitely 100% Schumacher's fault, right? He just moved over. 175%, yeah. Okay, good. I wanted to just make sure we were all in agreement on that one because I do think it's important because when you watch it on commentary, they're they're a little bit hesitant to give Schumacher any blame for it and they're like, you know, physically... uh, Murray's Murray's sort of like, uh, but Brundle's like... Yeah, it was Schumacher's fault. Murray was like, yeah. sorry, Murray's Michael, too polite. Murray would never, him. Murray would never part, like fashion his too plane, Yeah, he's way too polite to yeah. see that. He's also, he, I didn't, I forgot how pro Schumacher Murray was a lot of the time too. I think he was quite enamoured with him, wasn't he? Schumacher mm. was great, apart from when, yeah, he was driving into other drivers. <laughs> Which was but quite it, a lot. It's funny how, how much of a <laughs> He'd done it twice he, in his career yeah. before then. But like, he's such a fanboy of English... British drivers is Murray. That I yeah. I w- was assuming by then he'd kind of painted Schumacher as a bit of a panto villain, but like yeah, because he loved Damon, didn't he? Absolutely yeah. loved Damon. But honestly, I think he was always. I'm sure Murray. Uh, well, Schumacher always gave Murray the time of day in the paddock, which is probably why he loved him. Mm. But well, that's the thing about Schumacher as well, because obviously he's it's easy to see him as a villain on track, but um, by all accounts, he's just an absolutely lovely guy. Yeah, and just would like yeah. These teams nice always loved him. He's just a really, really lovely guy. But um, just, just not, that doesn't. Really when the li- when the right. visor goes down, he turns into a colossal asshole. <laughs> Which is <laughs> the thing is, I'm so happy to have that though. It's so mm. much better to have that than to not. You know, I mean, like the Adelaide stuff with De- with Hill. Ah, just it's just what gold, a, isn't it? Yeah, absolute gold. What an absolute crime. <laughs> and and the ninety seven Villeneuve stuff as as you mentioned. And the parking it at the <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I'm so, it's just so happy it's happened. We have the Barricello <laughs> wall thing. Have we done that yet? We haven't mentioned that, yeah. but yeah, that was that's oh, less yeah. good. That's just driving someone into the wall. There was no need for him to do that. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. Um, okay, okay, so we're going in sequence. What what next? Um well people drove around for a while on a track that ha- I have to say is just the, and with cars that they're making all the right sounds 
They're sliding mm. around all over the place. They look like they're out of control half the time. It's that right balance of, of noise, uh, like perception of speed, and mm. the cars looking like the drivers are ha- actually hustling them. They're not looking after tyres. They're just going... I mean, yeah. who knows what they're actually doing in the cockpit, but from a person no, you can see it. it. Like, they're quite visible. They're, like, they're, they're probably wrenching away at these things. They yeah, look and they're, they're snatching at brakes and stuff. They're just like... There, there was one point, I hate to jump forward, but in one of the restarts, going into turn one, two or three cars are like grabbing a big amount of like inside front lockup. Yeah. And the whole cars are twitching coming out of the it. The conditions like, were a large part of that, though, as well. Yeah, but yeah, that's like, yeah, mm. but still, even then, there was a lot going on, basically. Oh, Hockenheim yeah. was great. Like, I really I really think it's a crime that that, that track has been allowed to, um, to, to sort of become overgrown because. It's a piece of history. Like it's it's such a good circuit. I was thinking you, on the old Hockenheim, you could have had like a twenty four hour race. You know, it was big enough. Oh my for, god, like, that would have been amazing. Yeah, but how many deaths? Possibly, but but it's got that same sort of scale as like Le Mans. Do you know what I mean? It, like the shot they yeah, also... open with in the broadcast, where you just look out into the woods and you can just see how far it goes out. It's incredible. But, but, and but, I love but, the, in, the, the in, stories in, in, that. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, but I think we spoke about this before, but in, at the time, in periods, I'm old enough to remember this, um, people used to think it was boring. Like, Hockenheim was a boring track. It was just like, it was three straights and three chicanes and a weird fiddly bit at the end where everyone just used to blow horns out. And it was like, and, yeah. it, but, and but in, in, like, in retrospect, we're like, oh, this is amazing. But at the time, like, people didn't like it. And also, it's got the association of Clark as well, which is why, in the same way that kind of Inner struck up, I think it's just one of those, it's just like, it's forever tainted by what happened there. I guess I, I think maybe also we just we just don't have circuits like that anymore on the calendar. Like they've all been kind of neutered. I, I think I, I I think I know what's happened here. It's, it's basically it's what we see now in modern day Formula One is so bloody boring that <laughs> what we thought was a boring track is actually not the case. And I I have to say like jump even grabbing like random nineties races like no this is this is like this is an exception. This is one of the because I remember explicitly where I was when I watched this. I remember so much that happened in it, and because I remember it as well. Because I don't want to skip ahead, but like, uh, but yeah, like this is one of the all-time great races, and this, this is one they think that happens like once a season or something. You just get something crazy yeah. like this. They're like the rest of it that was year is not as good as like. Don't don't <laughs> think this is indicative of what F1 was like. You had a man on a track. Uh, you had. <laughs> Yeah, Which we, we should we should jump to now, actually, to be fair. Because okay, right. the, after the Schumacher incident, they just troll around for a bit. The Mercedes is, is well, clearly quicker. It's worth point, but it's worth pointing out that Barrichello has started at 11th, the back, right? 11th or something. 18th. Like that. 18th, 18th okay. yeah. Because of some problem. Um, and up until the point where the guy comes out of the track, Barrichello is putting in a storming drive. Oh, yeah. He's, like he's, he's banging absolutely it. driving the wheels off that Ferrari. And you've it's got and, and he's and he's driving past people like like what Herbert in the Jaguar. Mm. You've got um, who else have you got in there? We've got the Jordans up there of like um, yeah. what Frenson and wait who else? Yeah. Was in? Verstappen as well in the Arrows. Like oh, it's, it's just like well. but Verstappen, it properly... Verstappen loses engine cover as well at some point as well, and mm-hmm. it just makes things. F- why do F- F1 cars have engine covers that look so much cool without them? Obviously for aerodynamics and everything, but screw that. <laughs> so at this point, Mercedes, uh, McLaren and Mercedes are looking like they've pretty much got the thing in the bag. And then what happens, Martin? A man walks on a track. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> yes. Nutter, as uh, uh, yeah. he puts it. They keep referring to him as a nutter. 
And this guy's the poncho, but like the thing, like you, you know the story behind this. I know some of it, but like this guy was an employee of something, wasn't he? He was a yeah, French Mercedes French, yeah, French person Mercedes worked for Mercedes and was unfairly, well, felt like he was unfairly let go, and um, actually tried to invade the track at the beginning of the French Grand Prix mm. and was stopped. Um, and I think even tried to get it, get on there at the end of the race and was also stopped. So he tried a few times to try and mess up Formula yeah, 1 Yeah, this races. was not just a drunk German, the thing which is, is so, what like, they kind of assumed it was. Obviously, you've got the, like, the Neil Horan thing where the guy who ran down the straight in, what was that, 2010 or something, maybe a year before that. Um, mm. But this is like... This guy, I love the fact he's protesting Mercedes and he screws up Mercedes race so brilliantly. Yeah. He's like the best mm. tactician ever. Like, at what point shall I insert myself into this race to completely screw <laughs> over the people I'm protesting? So but- he he got a six hundred pound or equivalent of six hundred pound fine for ignoring yeah. um, the track rules or whatever track limits. But that pales into insig- yeah, pales into insignificance compared to the payout he got from Mercedes for his. Um, unfair dismissal. Yeah, he's just successfully won the unfair dismissal. Really? It's like, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he, it worked. Like, whatever. Anyone listening like to this that's un- un- unhappy like about that. Mercedes, this is like a good course of action. Don't run onto Formula One tracks. I had no but, idea it actually worked. Yeah, he went to court afterwards uh, and got got his payout. And it was like nineteen grand or something. Yeah, like he, it, it, I'm not. I'm just want to be clear. I'm not advocating invading mm. a Formula One track, but like in no, this, why not this go story? For it? Like, <laughs> that's what I had the, no idea that I, I never knew the conclusion of that story. So that actually is active. Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, before, it's, and that's brilliant. Um, I, I want to. I've been thinking about this for a while and I want, you can feel free to call me an idiot, but I feel like the way Barrichello was driving, even if he hadn't, even, even if that track invasion safety car hadn't come out, I think Barrichello would have been in the mix. No, he was on a different, he was on a different track. Well, he let's, stopped let's... seven laps before he had seven laps less to fuel. And so is it, this is a refueling era. And so he was, yeah. it was, it wasn't representative of his ultimate pace. But there was another. I mean, there were. Uh, it wasn't the only safety car. No. So and there's also out. the there weather. The, too. the weather. Yeah. yeah exactly. And and what did he not do when it started raining? Put on wet tires. Yeah. Yeah. So he. So. <laughs> I mean, he like in the midst of like Mercedes obviously lost all their advantage under the safety car. You, did you? Did we have the weather before the Lacey crash? The Lacey crash is quite late on. That's a big old bang as well. Yeah. Big accident. Oh yeah, and, like wheel tethers. Ooh, weren't much of a thing back then, were yeah, they? Yeah, were they, yeah, were they yeah. just like a piece of dried pasta? Well, no, that they yeah, because the wheel tires were supposed to be a thing then. But yeah, it was, yeah, like it did, didn't do their trick particularly well. Yeah, no, they, that was uh, not a good example of uh, of F one safety. But this is like... this is another reason I was thinking about this as well. This is another reason why old Hockenheim was better was because if that race had been run on new Hockenheim, it would have just been a full wet race. But because it was such a long circuit, yeah. it was wet in the stadium section. But then out in the woods, it was dry. Yeah, I love that. So so brilliant too. Because like, can you imagine what that does to your wet tires? You've got like, you've got hardly any aero on the car because you can't afford it. Yeah, you've got you've got one area where you can keep your 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 tires wet, and you've got your whole crew going. What are you talking about? Wet's a no-brainer. Chuck it down. Yeah, yeah, it's just soaking wet on pit road. What are you talking about? And then as soon as you get your like, you're going full chat through the woods, and it's absolutely bone dry. And doing the heaviest braking the car's going to do all season with wets <laughs> that are made of chewing gum on a perfectly dry track. They're just going to fall off the rim. It's just yeah. it's just incredible. You, 
You couldn't was... ask for a better variable at that point. Yeah. And what was amazing was the, ne- the weather never drifted. Do you know what I mean? It never seemed to kind it's of... sat there. Because well, it's, it's over it the just... woods, isn't it? Yeah, it just kind of just... Yeah. Like... And just... the, the the back the back half of the circuit was fine throughout, and the stadium section got absolutely drenched. It was brilliant, and you would not get that in New Hockenheim. It would just be a wet race. So the one thing yeah, that which I... would be fun, but yeah. the superstar of the race, I think, obviously Barrichello was uh, did a phenomenal drive. Jensen Button, well, like, and this is yeah, this yeah. is after he after he'd been let known He's that still... Montoya was taking his drive. Yeah, they mentioned it in the commentary. Yeah. And he yeah. stalled on the grid too, right? For this warm-up lap as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it? yeah. But he was just... he was At the end of the day, he was the fastest guy on the track. And uh, Jensen was so special. And like he had these wayward years and everything as well. But this is when he like, like a, I think, such a prodigious talent. I think Button it was a weird one. Because I remember like when... Um, <laughs> like, do you remember when he was driving for Renault. Benetton? Yeah, ben- Renault, well, Benetton. Yeah. Yeah, that's because that was... Yeah. That's because he's a twenty-year-old. He's a but, he's a twenty-year-old basically, and he just basically plucked him from nowhere, and then he starts driving for basically. I don't know if it's a libelous or anything, but what effectively a drug baron, um, <laughs> like plying <laughs> him, libelous. Plying yeah. him with <laughs> loads of cocaine, probably um, allegedly. I don't know, but, uh, but like, and so his life just went off the rails. So he went to Benetton, and then that's when he started doing all the party and everything I've been going a bit nuts yeah that that aligns with kind of what I was going to say because it was right around the time when so the this tenuous link that I had with Formula 1 back in those days was originally from the Tyrrell days my dad had, yeah, was you know kind of friends with one of the guys that then became technical director at um, Renault Benison. oh yeah. Renault yeah and um and so it was always a question like, why isn't Button doing better? And his response to that typically was, was like Monaco, for example. He was like, he was more interested in looking at looking around while he's driving around for flats to buy than he was about actually driving his car. Like it just seemed like it, the general tone was that Button was more interested in doing like the things that come along with being a Formula One driver than being a Formula One driver himself. Well, no, like, yeah. that's, Button's like 2001, 2002 was like Hamilton's like, was it 2011 or something? When Hamilton, you know, Hamilton had those few wild years where basically, and it happens because these are people who... The, call, never... the call of duty years. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, because these are people like, um, that's what, that's why this, this race is like special to me because Jensen was the first person I raced against who was in F one and obviously Hamilton the race against as well like and so, but then they they like they, but they went from no they went from having no childhood whatsoever into this kind of world of crazy privilege yeah. and everything. They never got to get they never got to get drunk or anything. They never got to get like yeah. go and do stupid things. And so they hit twenty one twenty two and then they just go nuts for a bit. Like and that's oh, totally I think we were enough. all absolute idiots when we were twenty one twenty two. Like I can imagine being an idiot even if I was a Formula One driver. But I think the, the thing that's impressive to me about Button was that, like, he did flip a switch, didn't he? Something happened. He matured, like, seemingly on, a, on an off season mm. and became suddenly this kind of veteran Formula One driver who, when given the opportunity in that brawn in 09, was just, you just couldn't. Yeah. Talent, he wasn't going to let that. The talent he was there. In and I, like, you've, obviously, yeah. the, the famous, the best stat, which he can always carry with him wherever he goes is that he outs- He was in the same team as Lewis Hamilton for two seasons and he outscored him over those two seasons. And no yeah. one else, like Lewis Hamilton, like um, we, will probably go on to one of the most successful, like the winningest driver in the F1 history. Mm. And Button can always say, I went toe-to-toe with him and I beat him. Like he beat him. And, yeah. and also yeah. I think what's, what's more important than that is that someone who is clearly, Hamilton is not an easy person to share a team with. No. And Button, 
I think it puts more on Button's shoulders for managing that yeah. than it does on Hamilton's. I think Button, I, I think his most impressive feat is the fact that he survived that, not just by, by beating Hamilton, but he came across looking like he, if anything, you could say that he effectively mentored Hamilton through what would have been a quite a difficult period of his mm. career. Yeah, this, that was that was like Hamilton's wilderness years as well, wasn't it? That was when he yeah. was going a bit crazy. But yeah, it, that was it was that the Nicole Scherzinger period. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So do you think Bam was like, oh, he, 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 do something about that? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think um, I do think I, I buttons yeah, to this day probably one of my most favourite yeah, F one drivers of all time. It's, it's fun great, to yeah. go and watch him back in his in his youth, and I, I think it's nice for someone to have such a complete story arc like yeah. Button does. Mm. Yeah, yeah getting, there's, a, there's, there's a third act redemption and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, I think so. What else happens in this race? So the weather comes along. Everyone yeah, Z- Zonta tags Villeneuve and Villeneuve does like eight spins and then yeah. somehow like which, which is now becoming it. becoming known in in my my um, <laughs> vocabulary is the full channel <laughs> when you do a full three sixty spin and somehow catch it yeah but, that's probably my my finest moment in a race car is probably that but how that's one of the best things I've ever seen in any kind of I've been to so many motor races I've seen I've, I've witnessed history before me so many times I saw like multi twenty one happen. I was there. I was there for probably one of the most amazing Le Mans of 2015 when I had that incredible MP1 for, but nothing beats being at Rockingham and seeing you do the <laughs> full channel. Yeah, it. It, was, it was so good. Um, but do, yeah. how how did Villeneuve not get the nose of his car taken off? Too. I mean, that I must know, have been yeah. an absolute. Yeah, you know, by that point paper. they knew Villeneuve was just going. Like, I think they probably reinforced that. It was like Mad Max <laughs> on underneath there. They knew, they knew what kind of trouble you'd get into. <laughs> and then um, um, yeah, the so arrows were better than I remembered in this race as well. Well, a lot of cars were. Like, I don't think the Jordan was that good that year. Were they? Well, no, this was they... this was the year after Jordan nearly won a championship. The year before this, remember? Like, remember, Frenson nearly won a championship in '99. Uh, right. He come very close. Oh. To, yeah, and so and so, if anything, it, they was this, this was disappointing um, because of they had such a strong run in '99 and they just had bad reliability in 2000. But at this point, they're almost like the works on the team as well. I think um, in two thousand, mm. like they put they put a lot of weight of that kind of factory behind them. And French, God, I was a massive French fanboy. Um, I thought he's incredible. He's good. He's he really had an amazing good. drive at Monaco one year. Was that ninety seven, ninety eight? Don't know because he's he's Williams. When was he in the Williams? Williams was ninety seven, ninety eight, and he wasn't that great there. But his Jordan years are fantastic. I mostly liked him because of Schumacher stole his girlfriend. Um, and I like the tragedy. <laughs> I like the tragedy behind that story, and also because of um, he was like one of the last F1 drivers who he smoked, and I thought that was cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you have a little hole in the front of his helmet. To yeah, just pretty much. Plug a plug a cigarette in. Um, yeah, I, I think in general it was a really good race, and I, I, I love that it's Barrichello's first win as well. I didn't realize it was his f- very first win. Yeah, um, races yeah, no, yeah. So the thing that got me because if I was like um, like a lot of like anybody at that time, I was a massive Senna fanboy. Um, and so this is the first time that there was a Brazilian anthem played on the podium since Senna died. Yeah, and I remember because yeah, yeah. I was watching it with my dad at the time with his girlfriend, and because I loved, we loved Barrichello at the time as well, and seeing him get his first race win up on 23 races. And also the emotion he has as well. He's, yeah, he's lovely, isn't he? So I remember my dad's girlfriend just fell asleep during the race, and then she woke up at the end, and me and my dad were both just in absolute tears at the end of it. Going, this is so <laughs> she's like, what's happened? What have I missed? It's like, oh, it's just this really nice Brazilian guy who's just won a Grand Prix. It's just really nice. 
Because Barrichello had been in Formula One since '93. Yeah, Jordan. Because right? like, if you go back to the '93 Donington race, he puts in an incredible performance then, uh, and yeah. he's on 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 like um, on track to get like almost not a podium. Maybe he's like he ran fourth or yeah fourth and could have been third, and then goes off and he was absolutely devastated. And obviously he had the so, big crash on the Friday before the Ratzenberger Senna thing as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That one where he launches and lands on the tire, tire wall. But that's that's amazing, isn't it? So, um, you know, it took Button six years to get his first win. It took Barrichello seven years, um, which is kind of you know, it's kind of crazy. Those like long distances between like their debut and and then Barrichello was still racing in 2010, 2011. Yeah, I mean, it, it took Hackenden it it over hundred races to get his first win, didn't it? So I think as well. Yeah. And it's just one of the things like well, once you break your duck, you think it's gonna. And so yeah, like yeah. Like the button as well, and I think the Barrichello, but Barrichello never quite got close to the championship. Well, they did in two thousand nine, I guess, didn't they? I, I do were, like too that blows, like it's like going to your earlier point, Martin, about Schumacher off track being a nice guy. Like, you know, he was one of the most active people on the pit wall. Seemed to be Schumacher towards the end of that race. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's genuinely lovely, pleased yeah, for him. Really, really taken and really taken a big part in clicking um, Barrichello's win as well. It's really sweet. I mean, he is giving him the the duffest car he can every weekend. But uh, yeah. other than that, <laughs> but no, I think it, it was that was kind of nice to see. And uh, yeah, all in all, I think it was just that that racing of itself. I think has had so many things going on in it. Bunch of good accidents. No one get, obviously get no no one gets hurt. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's some good drama with some weather changes. Barrichello's drives for absolutely phenomenal. Like, there's just, yeah, and it's for me personally. I think Mike probably the same same thing. That was right around like that. That you know, we was 16 years old when that race was on. So like, yeah, yeah, it was right when you're starting thinking like this is this is the sport that I, I want to watch at the weekends kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, you know, I was, remember uh, all those cars in in quite a lot of detail. I didn't remember mm. the barge boards on the McLaren being quite that big. That have to admit, they just don't seem right. I think that seems like they're glitching out a little bit. But they um, look great. I mean, I was never a fan of groove tires, really, but they really like. I think they made this race kind of interesting. I don't know whether slicks would have been harder to drive in the wet, but um, but yeah, it was it was just yeah, just a really really good race. Entertaining from start to finish. Lots going on. Um, yeah, good good pick. Good pick. Um, what are we going to watch next week? Are we getting into the month of May now? I'd imagine it is are. the month of May, and I'm preparing, boys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we could, I'd, happily just, I'd happily have a month of watching classic indie indies. Like, I've just already started. Oh my god, I have no idea. There's a whole YouTube channel just for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with so many races back to like '69. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, but that, isn't, that, isn't that that's not the Black Noon one, is it? That's not when everyone dies. I know. A... There's. A, I think there's a lot. You have to be pretty careful about which ones you watch. So, yeah. I. I haven't. A lot of the older ones, granted, they're not the whole thing. They're like 50 minutes of coverage. Right. Right. Um. But there's. I mean, I. Yeah. You know, I have. I've watched like a few. I think the earliest one was like the 77 race. That was the one where. Mm. Um. I think AJ Foyt got like one of his 17th Indy 500 win or something. Right. Uh, but I think there's. I, I, I'm not too sure we're ready to go full Indy 500 yet, though. I think we need okay. to do some. I don't know how. I mean, if we're going to watch one Indy 500, like well, what, I, it's gonna... what about a challenge? I think because isn't isn't the Spanish Grand Prix normally about now in May? Or is that before then? I think we should try and find an interesting Spanish Grand Prix. Hmm. Well, I mean, that would be the Rosberg Hamilton. No, no, no. That was just, well, that was one corner. Well, I haven't said that. What about 
that what isn't that one where like Mansell and Senna are right by each other and like really really close all the way. We have to go through Barcelona. Uh, no, that's ninety one. That was the first race there. That, yeah, that was that a ter- that was, it wasn't a very yeah. good race either though. It was just was it not? Well, that was just like the most exciting bit was two cars got a bit close to each other. <laughs> maybe maybe we need to go back to Mon Duke Park or whatever it's called. No, again, loads of people die then as well. <laughs> it's that's just true. too grim. Yeah. We'll look into it anyway. We never really have a plan for the next week um, when we start this thing. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this. If you have been listening to this, we added a bunch more people actually recently because I sort of... You tweeted about, about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then, yeah. all of a sudden loads of people were actually interested. So welcome to you if you're one of those people. Um, yeah, uh, Subscribe on whatever your preferred podcast provider is. Um, we're all over all of those. And um, yeah, thank you for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.